Hey guys, and welcome to the Moms of Murder podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and my dear friend, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Mandy. How are you? I'm doing great. I feel like I'm on a fast train to the end of the year. Is that like thing I can say, even though it is. I just feel like every year in September, I always say, okay, get ready. The end of the year comes up really fast from here. And now here I am saying it again this year. So. I know. And it's always like a surprise. Like I didn't know it was coming. And right. <laughs> every year, same time on the calendar. I feel like we're just sucking diesel this year and just really moving <laughs> Is that a throwback to last week's? Yes. Um, I'm using Irish it phrases? all the time. And yes. no one knows what I'm doing. <laughs> it was great. I actually saw where a few people on social media had commented about our last thing before we go talking about those Irish phrases and they were saying they were cracking up because, of course, we sound very American saying these <laughs> phrases. But Shocking. they said that, yes, these are phrases. They really, really do say them truly over there in Ireland. So I love it. Yes, I love it. My favorite, I think, was earwigging. So I haven't had an opportunity to use it just yet, but I have not forgotten, and I will use it as soon as I possibly can. <laughs> Absolutely. So before we get into this week's story, um, we just have a quick little reminder that we will be off next week. What is that, Melissa? 29th. September 29th. There will be no new episode, but we will be back with a new episode on October 6th, which just feels very weird to say. It goes right in line with what I just said about how this year is flying by. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so no new episode next week, uh, but we will be back the following week. So that is, that's it. That's my news. That's, news. that's, my, that's my big announcement. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Yeah. So today's story is about a very unusual and truly shocking crime committed by the type of person that you would least likely expect. And that's because the culprit was previously known as being a bubbly, fun-loving grandma to several young grandchildren. The story and crime actually take place over several states, but it all began in Blooming Prairie, Minnesota. And before we get into the details of the story, we're going to tell you a little about Blooming Prairie and this week's segment of We Googled This City. Blooming Prairie is located in southern Minnesota, and as of the 2010 census, has a population of around 1,900 residents. Strangely enough, actually, a few weeks ago when we were when I was getting stuff ready for Google the City, I was looking up unique high school mascots, and one that kept coming across was from Blooming Prairie High School. Do you have any guesses, Mandy, on what their mascot was? No, I don't have any guesses. <laughs> so, my next line says, if you say the Blooming Onions, you'd be right. So their mascot is very interesting, but it kind of looks like me after I've eaten one too many Blooming Onions, <laughs> just stuff coming out of your head, arms flailing. It's very, uh, it's interesting, but it becomes like one of the most unique in the US. It was on like every list I was looking at. So uh, that's really the only fact about Blooming Prairie I have because it's a very small town. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Minnesota, which is one of my favorite states to say. Can you think I of a like, state better to say than Minnesota? I feel like you just said it with a Minnesota accent. Oh, I did. So, totally. <laughs> <laughs> the new season of Fargo comes out next week, and a lot of it takes place in Minnesota. So I'm just getting ready, like I'm getting my ear ready for the new season. <laughs> You're doing a great job so far. <laughs> no one's offended whatsoever. <laughs> it's really okay. So Minnesota, Minnesota rather, has the nickname the Land of 10,000 Lakes, which seems like it could be an exaggeration, and I kind of thought it was, until you realize that not only does it have 10,000 lakes, Mandy, it actually has closer to 11,840. 
It's like that thing when your kid says that they only had three Oreos and you like think maybe they're telling the truth because why would they lie to you? But then you look at mostly like an empty sleeve of Oreos and realize they're lying. So basically what I'm saying is Minnesota has been lying to us. Didn't you think 10,000 was like, I was like, oh, that's okay. Okay. 10,000 Lakes, Minnesota. <laughs> well, I actually believed it because Dang one, it. Of my, <laughs> one of my favorite recording artists is from Minnesota and there is a song that mentions the 10,000 Lakes. Continue. Which it's my the artist. <laughs> You hate all of my music. I can't wait. That's why I couldn't wait. Go ahead. It's atmosphere. I don't think you would even know who it was because I highly doubt I've ever subjected you to listening to their music. I would not stand for that. (laughs) (laughs) But they are from Minnesota and they talk about it in a lot of their songs. So I believe everything they say because I like their music. So I believed that there was 10,000 likes. Wow. So I should just edit this whole thing out because clearly I'm the only idiot that didn't know about Minnesota. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) my last one is really even worse. Halloween, Mandy, as you were saying, things are getting here really quickly and Halloween is just a few weeks away. So it only seems appropriate to mention something about that holiday. It doesn't really, but it was a fact I found. So I'm tying it in here. So here we go. A man in Minnesota decided that he wanted to create a mannequin of Jason Voorhees to put at the bottom of a lake. And it really is that simple of a story. He just was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a Jason Voorhees statue thing and put it in a lake. So he builds this thing out in his garage and he puts it at the bottom of Lake Louise where it still sits today. And divers from all over the country come dive to see Jason. And they all say things like, I see dead people or what? do you want to play a game <laughs> or 2020 is going to last 12 more months or whatever terrifying things that Jason says in those movies. That I don't know because <laughs> I would never watch. <laughs> what does Jason say? What's he famous for saying? You know those I, movies. I, I honestly couldn't tell you what he's famous for saying. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know. I I just feel like I don't know any of these things and I don't know if he's just like a silent killer. Like, is he famous for saying art? something? I don't know. I truly don't know. I looked it up and I didn't see anything, but I figured he has to say something. (laughs) I don't think so. Really? Is he just scarier because he doesn't? Oh, that is scary. I wouldn't want to go to the bottom of that lake. Are you kidding me? I can't even close my eyes and watch any of this stuff. No, that sounds terrifying. Actually, you know, the only other statue underwater that I can, well, I'm sure there are many, but there's one down in the Florida Keys and it's actually a statue of Jesus and Mm -hmm. it's down in the bottom of where the coral reefs are and the thing it's called the Christ of the abyss statue. And I have only seen it in pictures, but I've seen like it to scale with a person next to it. And I would be too scared to even be near that. There's something, I don't like statues. I feel like like something about a big, big statue, especially underwater, something just rubs me the wrong way about that. So I, if I can't, if I couldn't do Christ of the abyss, I definitely don't think I could do a Jason Voorhees statue underwater. (laughs) I don't either. I'm like, I don't even know where he got this idea, but he was talking about doing Freddy Krueger and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't, who's going to see this? But apparently people are and they really enjoy it. And so there are so much that Minnesota has to offer besides my great (laughs) accent, but that's where I'm ending it with today. (laughs) That accent is spot on. You are perfect at it. (laughs) (laughs) 59-year-old Pamela Hutchinson was in the middle of redefining her life in 2018. She and her husband of 20 years had just ended their marriage, and Pam was eager to get out of Virginia and leave behind the life she'd always lived for something a little different. 
She had made a living selling cars, which was something that she was very good at. And she was considered one of the top ranking car salespeople in Virginia Beach, where she was the commercial sales manager of Hall Auto for many years. Pam had just the type of bubbly and outgoing personality to charm and persuade people into buying the car of their dreams, and it really paid off for her. Pam and her husband enjoyed a life on the water, and they frequently went out boating and they took excursions to catch marlins. After their marriage ended, Pam was ready to spread her wings and create some new life experiences. She was originally from a small country town in North Carolina, but she had no desire to go back to that life. Now she was into a different, more relaxing way of life. Pam loved the beach and loved being on the water, so she headed south to Bradenton, Florida, where she hoped to one day purchase her own condo at the beautiful Riverview Complex overlooking the Manatee River. In the meantime, Pam took a job in catering at a high-end restaurant nearby called Pier 22 and rented a place in a gated community for a year while she worked to get her finances in order to buy this condo that she had her eye on. She immersed herself in the Florida culture and enjoyed all that her new city had to offer. She was really well on her way to blending right in with the Florida locals. Pam had no problem adjusting to her new life away from her friends and family. And she was, as we said, a very outgoing and lively person. And she was the kind of person who you would say never met a stranger. Many of the friends Pamela made in Florida were fellow bar and restaurant goers who she'd struck up a friendly conversation with while she was out enjoying the social spots nearby. It wasn't uncommon for Pam to walk right up to someone sitting alone and introduce herself or to ask for suggestions on other bars and places she should check out in the area. She made another friend in Barbara Pauls in early 2018. Pam wanted to spend some time in Mexico, so she sublet her rental unit to Barbara for a short time while she was gone. Barbara was an older woman and what Floridians refer to as a snowbird, which that basically means maybe you live up north during the summer and you come down to Florida during the winter because it's nice and warm here. So Barbara actually had a daughter that was near Pam's age and the two of them really hit it off and formed a friendship and a bond beyond what most people would have with their landlord or someone that they were renting from. After Pam returned from Mexico, she stayed close with Barbara. In early April of that year, Pam told Barbara that she was going to be traveling further south to the Fort Myers area to see a friend who had recently lost her husband. Barbara happened to have a timeshare on Fort Myers Beach, and she offered to let Pam use it while she was down there visiting. Pam, who loved to travel and see new sites, obviously agreed. When she arrived in Fort Myers, she settled right into the timeshare and headed out to see the local hotspots. She posted on Facebook on April 3rd, and it appeared that she was really having a fantastic time on the beach and that she could hear the music playing at Nervous Nellie's from her room. On April 4th, Pam went out, and as she always did, she met a new friend, a 56-year-old woman named Lois Reese. The two women instantly connected when Lois told Pam that she too was recently single and looking to start fresh in a new place. Lois was allegedly a newly divorced mother of three adult children, and she'd already been blessed with five grandchildren. She was from Blooming Prairie, Minnesota, where she was known as a kind and caring woman, a doting grandma, and a selfless caregiver of her disabled sister. Lois's home in Minnesota was situated on a worm farm, which her husband Dave managed for a living. Like Pam, Lois had also spent years of her life on the water. She and her husband were also very into boating and fishing. In her spare time, Lois ran an in-home daycare where she took care of little ones, including her own grandson. Those who knew Lois also described her as funny and bubbly. 
She had the same charismatic and friendly personality that Pam did. So when she approached Pam at the bar, it was almost like they were sisters separated at birth. Their personality seemed to be a great match, and Pam thought this could be the start of a great new friendship with somebody who was going through a similar experience in life. Since Pam was going to be in town for a few more days, she and Lois made plans to have dinner together the following night. The women met up at the Smokin' Oyster Brewery, where they sat at the bar smiling and laughing while they talked and enjoyed a meal together. To look at these women as an outsider, you would have no idea that they had just met a day earlier. They seemed really comfortable and natural with each other, and it was so much so that if you didn't know any better, their similar appearance might make you think they were related or at the very least lifelong friends. The ladies left the restaurant shortly before 8 p.m. and headed back to the hotel where Pam was renting a room. The two women went in, but only one of them would come back out. On April 9th, four days after the women were last seen together, a 911 call came into the Lee County Sheriff's Office. The caller was requesting medical assistance at the Marina Village condominiums where Pamela Hutchinson had been staying in the timeshare. Some of Pam's relatives had been concerned for her safety after they were unable to get in touch with her for several days. Pamela's cousin, Ellen Watts, and her husband were on their annual trip down to Florida. They were headed to the Keys, but they made plans to stop in Bradenton to visit with Pam, who at this point should have been back from her trip to Fort Myers. When they arrived, they settled into a hotel room for the night and tried to get in touch with Pam about their plans, but Pam never returned their calls. That Tuesday, Ellen and her husband went ahead on their trip to the Keys, but they felt really uneasy about Pam not getting back to them. It was later that Tuesday that they learned the devastating truth about why she hadn't called them back. When officers arrived at the timeshare, they noticed that the door to the master bedroom was shut and that there was a towel pushed up against the space between the bottom of the door and the floor. When they opened the bathroom, they found a shocking crime scene. The body of Pamela Hutchinson was found in the early stages of decomposition. She had a towel over her body and a pillow under her that had a bullet hole and gun residue on it, as if someone had used the pillow to muffle the gunshot. The crime scene was entirely contained to the bathroom, so investigators determined that that's where Pam was when she was shot. Officers found her purse on the kitchen counter, but when they looked through her wallet, they noticed that it was missing her driver's license, credit cards, and any cash that may have been in it. And we're going to get right back into the story after a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. Have you ever tried waking a bear from its sleep midway through the hibernation season? Me either, although I think I've gotten pretty close when I'm trying to get my preteen daughter up for school. If your house is anything like mine, it involves me walking in nicely to wake her up the first time, the second time I'm a little less nice, and by the third time I've gone full Ursula and am loud and flailing my arms around. And guess what? It's really useless. The next day we're doing the exact same thing. That was until now. Now at wake-up time, we have the Alexa Singleg color-changing light bulb turn on a soft blue light while the Alexa Dot plays her very favorite song. And wouldn't you know it, she actually wakes up and gets up all without me turning into a sea monster. With an Amazon Smart Lighting Bundle, you can turn your home into a smart home in just a few minutes. Setup is so easy, you don't even need to have any extra equipment on hand. You just set up your new smart bulb to your Echo Dot and you're all set. There are over 16 million light colors to choose from, and you can even control the lights in your home with just the sound of your voice. 
My daughter is a night owl and she loves to go to sleep late. So one routine we've started is having Alexa dot give her a five minute reminder before the Alexa Singled lights will shut off automatically. So now when it's bedtime, Alexa dot gets to be the bad guy and turn the lights off. Not me. Making a much smoother and consistent night for everyone. Right now you can get 20% off your Amazon smart lighting bundle only at amazon.com slash moms. Every bundle includes an Echo Dot smart speaker and a singlet color changing light bulb. That's amazon.com slash moms to get 20% off and take advantage of this amazing smart home deal. Amazon.com slash moms. Your home is your castle, and we all want to feel safe inside of our castle. But quite frankly, a lot of home security systems have such high prices and crazy contracts, it can feel like they are the ones actually robbing us. But luckily, Simply Safe does things differently. Gone are the contracts and pushy sales guys. With Simply Safe, there are no hidden fees and no fine print. You simply buy what you need just for your home. You can get sensors and cameras to cover every room and even windows and doors. You can go to sleep knowing that you and your family are being looked after by what U.S. News and World Report called the best overall home security of 2020. With Simply Safe, no one comes to your house and you're the one to set up your system, customized just for your house at your own time. You can set up the entire system in just under an hour. There are peel and stick sensors for you to put exactly where you need them, and everything is easy to install and even easier to use. Plus, Simply Safe has professional monitoring that keeps watch day and night and is ready to send police, fire, or medical professionals if there's ever an emergency. I love going to sleep at night knowing that my whole house is being monitored. One of my favorite pieces we have from Simply Safe is the panic button. I have one set up in almost every room, and my kids know exactly where they are. If anyone was to ever break into our home, we're all close enough to be able to get to them quickly and push the button to call for help immediately. Having peace of mind like that is truly invaluable. The best thing is all this starts at just $15 a month. Head to simplysafe.com slash moms and get a free HD camera for our listeners. That's simplysafe.com slash moms to make sure they know that our show sent you. And now back to the episode. Before the break, officers had just found the body of Pamela Hutchinson inside the timeshare that she was staying at in Fort Myers, Florida. Investigators from the major crimes unit were called to the scene, as well as a medical examiner investigator. It was determined that Pam was the victim of a homicide, and a warrant was issued to search the entire condo. Police quickly learned that not only were the victim's credit cards and ID missing, but so was her car, which was a 2005 white Acura. So they believe that whoever was responsible for her death was likely driving around in her car as well. So they immediately put out a bolo and entered the license plate into the database as a stolen vehicle. Officers spoke with the front desk staff at the Marina Village and learned that someone claiming to be Pam Hutchinson had called the front desk and requested to extend her stay by several nights. The woman gave a credit card over the phone, but the employees did notice that it was a different card than the one Pam had used to book the room initially. Next, police obtained the surveillance footage from the building, hoping to find any clues about Pam's last movements. The investigators reviewed the tapes from the time Pam arrived at the timeshare until the moment that she was last seen. Pamela arrived at the timeshare on April 3rd at 3.44 p.m., it was seen on these tapes that she was alone when she arrived in Fort Myers, and she was seen checking into the hotel and going to her room. The next day, security cameras caught Pamela walking towards her room with another person. It was this unknown blonde female who we know was Lois Reese, but they hadn't figured that out just yet. They were seen together on camera for the first time at 8.13 p.m. that evening. 
At 8.48 p.m., the two women were seen walking towards the elevator, and they appeared to be having a normal conversation. The women were seen together again at 12.47 a.m. on April 5th. Later on April 5th is the night that Pamela and Lois went out for dinner and drinks at the Smoke and Oyster Brewery. They were seen laughing and chatting while they were at the restaurant, and they appeared to be having a really great time. Pamela paid for her bill with her credit card, and Lois paid for hers in cash. The women left the bar at 7.37, and just nine minutes later, they were seen at the hotel walking back towards Pam's room. And this was the last time that Pam was seen alive. Not quite an hour later, Lois was seen walking towards the elevator alone, but she didn't get on the elevator. Instead, she stood in the landing area for 13 minutes before walking back towards Pam's room at 8.47 p.m. Investigators noticed that during this 13-minute period where Lois was hanging out in the hallway, it appeared as though she was very distraught and possibly even crying. At 10.27 p.m., Lois was seen returning to the room holding a bag. Very early in the morning, around 6.10 to 6.15, Lois began carrying luggage from the room and appeared to be getting ready to leave the hotel. It was at 8.30 that morning that the hotel desk received the phone call from who they thought was Pamela Hutchinson about extending her stay for another three days. Right after that phone call, Lois left the room again and walked down the stairwell while carrying a garbage bag. But at 9.21, she was seen returning with a garbage bag still in her hand. Over the next few hours, Lois was seen multiple times walking to and from the room carrying different bags in and out. They would later learn that Lois was actually quite busy that morning and had made other stops that day in the middle of going back and forth from the room, which we'll get more into detail about later. At 12.42 p.m., Lois left the timeshare and got into a white Cadillac Escalade and drove off. The Escalade was never again seen on surveillance, but Lois did show up again at 1.32 p.m. on foot. At 1.51 p.m., Lois left the hotel with a tote bag and a coat in hand, and that was the last time she was seen on the hotel surveillance. They believe that that's when she got into Pamela's white Acura and took off. Keep in mind, police that are reviewing this surveillance footage still hadn't identified Lois, so obviously that was the investigator's number one priority. They knew that Pam's credit cards and ID were taken, so they began monitoring Pamela's accounts for transactions that could give clues as to where their suspect was. They were able to trace Lois's movements pretty easily with a record of all the transactions she made using Pam's cards. A $5,000 withdrawal was made from Pam's bank account on April 6 at 11.09 a.m., and the security cameras at the bank clearly showed the same blonde woman that the police had seen on the hotel footage with Pam. The next place Lois popped up was at the Hilton Hotel in Ocala, which is about three hours away from Fort Myers. She booked the room in Pamela's name and paid for it with Pam's credit card. She ordered room service twice on her short visit to the hotel, as well as rented a movie, all of which she charged to Pam's card. She checked in at 7.29 p.m. on the 6th of April and checked out at 11.17 the next morning. Investigators would later obtain proof that Lois arrived at the Hilton, driving Pam's white Acura, just as they suspected. On April 7th, Lois used Pam's debit card to withdraw money from an ATM in Ocala in three separate transactions for $500 each. While she was standing at the ATM, the cameras could easily see her face. And that was good because now investigators had a photo to circulate in the media as they worked to figure out who Lois was and why she would want to murder Pam Hutchinson, who, as far as they could tell, was a woman that she had just met and seemed to be having a really fun time with. 
Still photographs and a description of the stolen vehicle that Lois was traveling in were dispersed in a nationwide bolo, which is a be on the lookout. And very quickly, investigators in Florida were contacted by someone that you might not expect. It was another police agency more than 1,500 miles away, all the way in Minnesota. They said that they recognized the woman that the officers were in pursuit of because they were also looking for her. As it would turn out, Lois Reese wasn't just a fun-loving new grandma that had been recently divorced and vacationing in Florida. She was actually on the run from the police in Minnesota, and that's why she was even in Fort Myers in the first place. Minnesota police told the Florida investigators that Lois's husband, Dave Reese, had recently been found dead in their home, and Lois had been missing since the discovery of his body. It was clear to the officers now that Lois was once again on the run, this time a fugitive wanted for two murders in two different states. They believed that she was armed and dangerous and still hadn't determined a motive for either of these crimes. After Lois checked out of the hotel in Ocala on April 7th, she headed northwest in Pam's stolen car. The car was actually spotted by a license plate reader on Interstate 10 in Louisiana, and the plate was captured again the following night by a plate reader in Texas. So it appeared that Lois was traveling west, but it was really anybody's best guess as to how long it would take to actually track her down and find her. Lois's journey across the U.S. began about two weeks earlier on March 23rd in Blooming Prairie, Minnesota. That afternoon, officers found the body of Dave Reese in the bathroom of the couple's home. There were stark similarities in the way that Pam Hutchinson and Dave Reese were murdered and the way they were found. Dave had also been shot with a 22 caliber gun and was found in a similar position as Pam. He had a towel covering his body and the murder appeared to have taken place only in the bathroom. After shooting her husband, Lois withdrew $11,000 from his business account and took off in her Cadillac Escalade. She was quickly named a person of interest in Dave's suspicious death, and Minnesota police were actively searching for her. Little did they know that she had already embarked on quite a journey south, where she made several stops to gamble at casinos. A little-known fact about Lois, who outwardly appeared to have this really great life full of love and family, was that she had been struggling pretty hard with a gambling addiction for some time, and it was really destroying her life. On the evening of March 23rd, after authorities found the body of Dave Reese, they received information that she was spotted at a casino in Northwood, Iowa, but they were unable to catch her before she took off again. A cashier later told investigators that when she was ringing up Lois's purchases, Lois casually asked for directions. She wanted to know how to go south out of Iowa. Eventually, she landed in Florida. It seems from the research like she had some kind of ties or connections to Florida because a friend of hers from Minnesota had a winter home in Fort Myers, and that friend reported seeing Lois in Florida on April 2nd, which was just 10 days after Dave was found dead and just four days before she shot Pamela Hutchinson. But no one really knew the depths of Lois's gambling problem. Those who knew Lois described her as happy and fun and energetic, just an all-around nice lady, a loving mom, and grandmother but she had dug herself into a pretty deep hole of debt and even gambled away money that wasn't hers. She started stealing to get money for gambling, and according to court documents, she even stole over $78,000 from her disabled sister and lost it all gambling. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I know. I cannot imagine. Yeah. Lois's sister suffered from bipolar disorder and clinical depression, Parkinson's disease, and she has the cognitive ability of a 10-year-old. 
Lois was appointed her guardian and conservator back in 2012. In 2015, a nonprofit in Minnesota tried to have Lois removed as her sister's conservator when they learned that Lois had been transferring money around in a fraudulent and sketchy manner. It's believed that Lois was also stealing money from her husband and from the warm farming business that he ran, and it's possible that that's when Dave told her that she was cut off. A forensic psychologist named David Thomas later surmised that Lois just snapped when she realized she was broke and had no access to money. He said that the term fiending is usually reserved for drug addicts who are frantic for a drug fix, but that the same idea can be applied to someone with a gambling addiction. When Lois was unable to gamble, she became upset and spiraled in desperation, which is what investigators believed happened the day that she shot her husband, Dave. As far as they could tell, the couple had really no other problems. The police had never been called to their home, and the couple had no domestic record to speak of. On paper, and according to others, life was very normal for the Reese family. This desperate-to-gamble theory sure did seem to fit when you consider that she immediately withdrew thousands from Dave's business account and went gambling right away after the shooting. But what motive could possibly explain why Lois targeted and killed a complete stranger, Pam Hutchinson, all the way in Florida? Officers investigating the case had a reasonable belief that Lois targeted Pam specifically because they looked a lot alike and Lois wanted to steal her identity so that she could have an easier time hiding from the Minnesota police who were already pursuing her in connection with Dave's death. So this is a plan, but it is not a very good plan or a well thought out plan because generally I feel like when you make a plan to get away with murder, it shouldn't involve committing more murders. Right. So it just kind of seems like this is not good. Now you're just really stacking things on top of, you know, I just, and you hear about people stealing identities too, but without killing the person, you know, just take over their identity. So her, this whole thing was just really obviously very terrible and she clearly was not in her right mind, but yeah, what an absolutely terrible idea this is to murder a second person to hide the fact that you murdered your husband. It just does not make any sense. So the fact that Lois took off with Pam's driver's license, car, and credit cards supported this theory that Pam was murdered in cold blood simply so that Lois could assume her identity. But as we said before, by the time investigators figured all of this out, Lois was long gone once again, and this time she was headed west. On April 8th, two days after murdering Pam, Lois stopped at a Louisiana casino where she gambled and won a $1,500 jackpot, which she actually collected using her own real name. From there, Lois continued on driving Pam's Acura across several states. Later on the night of April 8th, the license plate reader in Texas caught Lois driving through. Can I just say one thing? I didn't know license plate readers were a thing, and I know that makes me sound really old. I feel like I missed whatever memo when that was like, like now it's come up twice. I fully did not know that this was a thing at all. The only time I can think of, like when I think of a license plate reader, I think about on tolls when you go through the tolls. And that's like, of course, they have those there just in case you you know, they have to send you a bill for the toll, but I don't know if that's the same thing as what this is. I, if there's another thing where there's just reading license plates and that's what I was thinking this was like, we're, they're just like, all right, it's a two, three, six, zero, put it in and let's see where it pops up. Like, right. I don't know. I, maybe, maybe it's not a thing, but I just thought, wow, I kind of missed. (laughs) When did this happen guys? No one told me. Yeah. yeah, So I'm thinking it's like a toll reader situation where she was going on toll roads, but if, 
there is some other kind of license plate reader, I would love to know about it and like where are they and what do they do and how do they work? <laughs> there's only three. You'll be totally fine. Don't worry. I'm sure there's not more. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, officers in several different states launched a billboard campaign to find Lois, and her face and name was plastered on signs in Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California, and Nevada. There was a $6,000 reward out on her, and they'd even given her a nickname that was fit for the headlines, and it was Losing Streak Lois. And of course, this was their play on her gambling stops that she was making along the way. Days passed, and there were no sightings of Lois anywhere. On April 12th, the Lee County Sheriff's Office in Florida filed a warrant for Lois's arrest after confirming that they had enough proof that the woman they were looking for was the same woman that Minnesota police were searching for and that this was this woman was Lois Reese. The friend that we mentioned that knew Lois from Minnesota but had this winter home in Florida actually spoke to police and looked at the surveillance footage they had from the hotel and banks, and this friend confirmed that it was Lois in the images. So with that confirmation, they had enough to issue this warrant. And we're going to get right back into what happened next after one last break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. I have a sweater that I just love to wear in the fall. The only problem is that it's a little more form-fitting and doesn't always feel super comfortable because I'm constantly tugging on it to smooth it out. And when I'm done doing that over and over again, I start to feel a little self-conscious. And now my favorite sweater becomes this thing I don't really feel comfortable wearing anymore. Luckily, I now have Shapermint. Shapermint shapewear is the best shapewear on the market. Shapermint smooths you out and helps you feel comfortable. And when you're comfortable in your clothes, you're more confident. Plus, Shapermint is super affordable. I've searched the internet before for shapewear, and some of the prices are jaw-dropping. But Shapermint is half the price of those other guys. Shapermint wanted to make their shapewear affordable, and they have, while still being high quality and incredibly comfortable. Shapermint gets that making a purchase online can feel a little bit risky, but that's okay because if you aren't in love with your Shapermint purchase, you're able to exchange or return your shapewear within 60 days with no questions asked. So you can make your purchase with confidence. That's the Shapermint 100% confidence guarantee. I have the Impetua all day, every day, high-waisted shaper shorts, and when I pair it with my favorite sweater, it's now back to being my favorite sweater again. I can feel both comfortable and confident when I wear it. In addition to the everyday discounts and promos Shapermint has on their website, we have a deal just for our listeners that will save you an extra 10% on your order. But you must go to shapermint.com slash moms and use our code moms. That's S-H-A-P-E-R-M-I-N-T dot com slash moms. Code moms. To get our exclusive listener at a discount of an extra 10% on your order. That's shapermint.com slash moms. Code moms. After a long day, don't you just love walking into your kitchen, looking around and thinking, what on earth am I going to make these people for dinner? Me neither. And that's exactly why I love using HelloFresh. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit delivery service, and it can really change your life. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients so you're not overbuying and stuck with five stinky onions, which is a burden on your nose, the planet, and on your wallet. But with HelloFresh, there isn't a long-term commitment, so you can easily change the days your food is delivered and even your food preferences. Plus, whenever we know we'll be out of town, I can easily skip a week on the HelloFresh app. But what I really love is how easy the recipes are to make. Some of these meals are things I really wouldn't have taken on before because I don't have a ton of confidence in the kitchen. But HelloFresh delivers the boxes with inserts for each meal that show you how-to pictures and steps to help you along the way. 
My favorite meal in the past few weeks was creamy Parmesan chicken spaghetti. I'm so used to the basic noodles and sauce and ground beef for spaghetti that I was wondering how I'd like this, but it immediately became a huge favorite in our house. We use HelloFresh at my house almost every week because it adds variety and ease to dinner time. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 80 moms and murder and use code 80 moms and murder to get a total of $80 off your first month, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 80 moms and murder and use code 80 moms and murder to get a total of $80 off your first month, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. And now back to the episode. Before the break, officers in Florida had just issued a warrant for the arrest of Lois Reese after she was the last person to see Pamela Hutchinson alive. They also learned that Lois was also being sought after by police in Minnesota after her husband was found shot to death in their home there. Lois's last known location at this point was somewhere in Texas, but officers believed it was only a matter of time before someone recognized Lois since the news of the manhunt for her was everywhere. Do you remember seeing this whenever this happened? I remember it was like on just every internet, everything, or it seems like it was. Yeah, I feel like I didn't really know the story, but when I saw her photo, I, I recognized her face. Yeah. It would still be several days before any leads or tips came in. On April 19th, Lois showed up to a busy waterfront restaurant on South Padre Island. In a stroke of luck, someone working at the restaurant actually recognized Lois after seeing her pictures on the news, and they decided to alert authorities to the possibility that a wanted murder suspect was sitting at the bar. Which is amazing that, like, she's hanging out at these busy places like casinos. I I get the casino because of her addiction to gambling, but, like, crowded restaurants and stuff you'd think you'd like Uber right. eat stuff and kind of stay to yourself so five u.s marshals acted quickly and responded to the call when they arrived they caught lois off guard and pulled her off her bar stool to place her under arrest she was taken to a texas jail while it was decided where she would be extradited texas authorities pretty much took a first come first serve mindset and said that whichever state whether it be minnesota or florida Whichever one sent their officers to collect her first would be the ones that got her. On April 29th, the state of Florida filed a motion for pretrial detention and asked that Lois be released into the custody of the Lee County Sheriff. In this document, the state declared that Lois had been charged with homicide in Florida and that she was also wanted by the state of Minnesota in connection with homicide. Lois was then extradited to Florida and formally charged with one count of second-degree murder, one count of grand theft, one count of grand theft of an automobile, and criminal use of personal identification. Unable to afford an attorney, Lois was assigned a public defender and a hearing was set for several days later. While awaiting trial, Lois was housed at the Lee County Jail. None of her family went to visit her right away, but one of her daughters did send money for her mother's commissary account. And this is kind of just a little extra information for you guys. If you're ever curious about what people in the Lee County Jail spend their commissary money on, we have a small list of things that Lois seemed to enjoy. Things like hot, hot, hot barbecue chips. First of all, what is that? They're hot, Mandy. I, I guess so. so. Hot, they got to tell sound, you thrice. I They sound delicious, but it's, it, I mean, do they have like, okay, you watch a lot of prison shows. So in the commissary, do they have 
like, is this like a situation where they have like their own like off brand things like Aldi brand, hot, hot, hot. Like, I feel like that would be, you know, I know, yeah, not having a real like you don't go there and get Lay's spicy barbecue chips. You go there and get hot, hot, hot barbecue. chips. I don't know. I feel like they have. We'll see. Even on the prison shows, they're not going to show you brand stuff like they do on Real Housewives or anything. They'll always turn it or change it. So I don't feel like I've ever seen it, but they talk about things as if they're more brands. But the next one is Flamin' Hot Cheetos. What's the That's true. What's the Aldi yeah. version for that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she had uh, Flamin' Hot Cheetos, squeezable jalapeno cream cheese. This feels like a stomach ache. <laughs> and trail mix. When she had a sweet tooth, she went for Chico Stick Candy, which is an orange sugar-coated tube of peanut butter, which I sent Mandy a picture of because apparently what she thought it was versus what I thought it was or what I know it to be, it's very different. Yeah. Well, so I read that it was a tube of peanut butter and I was actually thinking like a tube of peanut butter that you would just like squeeze into your mouth. And like, I didn't really understand how the sugar came into play. And then when you sent me that picture, it was not at all what I was thinking. And then you told me that it's really chewy and tacky and like, well, it's like very crumbly on the outside, but then the inside, like where the peanut buttery, this is if I'm remembering correctly. And I thought I was, but it was like, I just remember it. I have a cap in my tooth and I just remember being like, please, dear God, don't stick to this cap. Cause it's just going to rip off and I can't afford this right now. But, um, yeah, I, I don't remember it being – I liked them, but it was like one of those where I didn't want to eat the middle of it. I don't remember exactly. I feel like maybe I'm not I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Well, I don't think I've ever seen a Chico Stick candy. Maybe um, I'll see one around Halloween time and I can try it myself. Whoever gives you a Chico Stick candy is not your friend because those are <laughs> – <laughs> Commissary candy. They're commissary candy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so she also spent her commissary money on toothpaste, deodorant, a towel, and a couple T-shirts. After spending several months in jail, it was time for Lois to state her plea in the case of Pam Hutchinson. Lois had originally entered a not guilty plea, and she was facing the death penalty if she was convicted. In mid-December of 2018, Lois stood before the judge and changed her plea to guilty. In exchange for the plea, she was granted a life sentence, but would not be put to death. The sentence was somewhat of a relief for the family of Pam Hutchinson, although there were some mixed emotions from Pam's ex-husband. He said that he always loved Pam and he never wanted their divorce and that he would have liked to see Lois be sentenced to death. But still her conviction and her sentence did provide some closure to the family who really thought that the 18 months it took to even get to that point was too long. Lois's conviction was a win for Florida prosecutors, but officials in Minnesota were still working on their own murder charges against Lois in the case of her husband, Dave. A little over a year later, which was this year, 2020, Lois was transported to Minnesota to face her charges there. She was facing charges for first-degree murder, premeditated murder, second-degree murder without intent, and theft. In July, Lois pleaded not guilty in a Minnesota court and requested a pretrial. Something interesting in this case is that when Florida sent Lois back to Minnesota, they actually agreed to let her stay there to serve her time if she was found guilty of Dave's murder. And so Minnesota wanted Lois to serve her time there first, since that was where the first murder took place. And Florida just agreed, even though she's already been convicted of murder and is sentenced to life in prison in Florida. Huh. So regardless, if 
if she was not found guilty in Minnesota, then she would have had to go back to Florida and still serve a life sentence. But either way, she was going to spend life in jail. I just thought it was interesting that the two states are like, who's going to get to take her yeah. and have her in jail? I'm sure it all has to do with funding. And I was that thinking kind of that stuff, too. I wonder if they're like, oh, we don't want to pay for her. You guys take her. So that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. During a hearing this past August, which was last month, Lois changed her plea to guilty. Lois's lawyer said that on March 11th, the day that David was killed, he and Lois had an argument because Dave wanted to leave their grandson's basketball game. He allegedly handed Lois a gun and told her to kill herself, but instead she took the gun from him and shot him two or three times. Dave's mother spoke in court and said that she will never forgive Lois, but maybe God will. Dave's sister said that their family has been shattered and called Lois a cold-blooded murderer that killed her brother over her gambling problems. Lois and Dave's own children delivered victim impact statements. Their oldest son said his mother could have gotten help but didn't, and that he can't forgive her for killing his father. Their daughter Bria said, quote, Losing my dad at the hands of my mom is something I will never be able to process. I miss my dad more than words can describe, but I have to allow for forgiveness in my heart because that's what he would have wanted, end quote. When it was Lois's turn to address the court, she apologized to Dave's friends and family and said that she deserved her sentence. She said she knows that she shouldn't have killed him and partially blamed her state of mind at the time. She said she, quote, didn't realize how much pain she was in until she wasn't and that love will heal. On August 11th, Lois was officially sentenced to life in prison in the state of Minnesota without the possibility for parole. Something interesting that will be kind of fun to listen back to when it's not 2020 is that Lois's hearing was actually not in a courthouse. It was held in the auditorium at Casson Manorville High School due to the COVID pandemic and the socially distancing requirements in the state. After receiving her sentence, Lois removed her face mask and turned to her family, placed a hand on her heart, and mouthed some words to them before being escorted out of the auditorium and taken back to the prison where she will spend the rest of her life. Wow, there is just a lot in this story that happened and that went on. And as we kind of said earlier and touched on, it was an absolutely terrible plan. It was a terrible crime, both of them. It's um, impossible kind of to put yourself in the mind of somebody who does something like this because you're like, how did you get from point A to point B with your thought process? And then to point C because she kept going and was like, you know how I'm going to solve this terrible idea? I'm going to do another, you know, have this other terrible idea. So it is interesting. I would kind of be interested to know um, if she thought this through, am I going to, I'm going to find somebody that looks like me and take over their identity, you know, or if it was just, oh, this lady looks like me, here's my plan. Who knows what her mindset really was during that time because none of it really makes sense. One thing I did read in one source um, that I didn't include, but I found really interesting, the friend that Lois had from Minnesota that had the winter home, they were also in Florida in Fort Myers. Well, they actually saw Lois while she was down there in Fort Myers days before she killed Pam Hutchinson. They saw her not just saw her, but they actually saw her near their house. And when the friend approached Lois and basically was like, Lois, what are you doing here in Florida? This is, you know, right. this is her friend from Minnesota. So she's like, what are you doing? Lois like turned around and went the other way. And she was mumbling about how she had the wrong address or the wrong <laughs> this and that. But obviously this lady knows who Lois is. They've been friends, you know, for a right. while. And so she was really confused about what she was doing there. And then after this happened, you know, that lady said, 
oh my gosh, what if she came to Florida because she knew that we were there and we had this house and she was going to try and harm us, you know? Oh my gosh. And that's why she was in the neighborhood and then they caught her and she left. And then they get this news that a few days later, Lois has <gasps> murdered this woman in Florida. And so these friends that knew her were thinking, oh my gosh, what if she actually came here to, you know, rob us right. or to do something well, with us? And that was her whole purpose for even being in Florida in the first oh place. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because if they're snowbirds, people might not, you know, if they're not close to people down here, their family up North are not going to be used to hearing from them maybe all the time. So if they go missing or something happens to them, that's, you know, she's buying herself more time. That's crazy. I was wondering how the yeah. friend would have felt like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I saw her right before this happened. But that is chilling that that's actually how that went down. That's, yeah. wow, that's pretty yeah. intense. It really is. And the other thing I get to thinking, you know, sometimes in these cases, I do try to put myself kind of in the position of like the family or knowing the person who did this. And in this case, it's really just terrible because of course I think about my mom, you know, and I have young kids and, you know, Lois wasn't an old woman when this happened. She was a grandmother, but she was only in her, you know, mid to late fifties. Um, so that's the age that most of us, you know, our moms are kind of around that right. age and they're, you know, we all have young children that we're, you know, raising and they, you know, my kids call my mom Nana and it's like, can I actually imagine like my kids, Nana doing something right. like this? Like it just is, Man. it's just absolutely terrible to even think about with Lois's kids, you know, her adult kids that have her grandchildren and just like, what do you tell your grandbabies? Yeah. Like, it's just, just terrible all around. Her son said later in interviews that his mom was a good lady. You know, he, they had, a, he had a great childhood and a great life. And he said that he, the only explanation he can think is that his mom literally just snapped, which Gosh, that's just so hard. It's so hard. And it's also your dad is gone. Yeah. And, you know, it's just really, really terrible to have to come to terms with all of right. it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So are we ready to lighten the mood and turn the page and move on to last thing before we go? I am. I am, too. So a while back, we did a little fun. What would you even call it? I think. We called it Mad Libs. Mad Libs, yeah. fill in the blank. So we each picked some funny headlines from the news or interesting or silly or whatever, and we read them to each other with one thing as a blank, and then we each tried to guess what we think would fill in the blank. So since we are in Minnesota this week, we pulled some Minnesota weird news headlines. Sure. They're not mm -hmm. all crime, but they're just things that are interesting and what is it? Attention grabbing in the news. Yes. And so we have each pulled a few and we have a blank in the middle of them. And we're going to say them to each other and try to guess what we think goes in the blank for these headlines. These are Minnesota headlines. I want to remind everyone because some of them I think are just as crazy as Florida headlines. So I'm, but I'm happy to take the heat off of Florida. To be fair though, to Min Minnesota, we had a hard time finding these. We both did. Florida, you just were 37 pages in Google. You could just, right. you could not <laughs> stop finding them. Minnesota, you guys, you guys are doing pretty good. You don't have as much weird stuff yeah. as we do. And this- yeah, Or like, you keep it under wraps a lot Right. <laughs> we just show our dirty laundry. So exactly. <laughs> Mandy, do you want to go first? Um, sure. I will go first. So this one is not terrible and it's actually really adorable. So hopefully, I will hope that you will get this one okay. right. Okay. So the headline is, is he giving it CPR? Body camera captures driver helping blank. Ooh, um, body camera catches uh, giving CPR to. 
<laughs> I almost said turtle. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible, but I hate that my brain jumped to that. Let's say a bunny rabbit. You're close. It was a squirrel. Aww, that is cute. Yeah. And I didn't know this happened in Minnesota, but I swear I saw it on Facebook. Some one of those silly little videos, because, of course, it was body cam footage. I guess an officer stopped because he saw this oh. guy on the side of the road and he walked up to him and saw that he was actually giving CPR to a little squirrel. OK, Mandy, a man in Minnesota at age 25 will be spending five days in jail for stealing blank from a home in North Egan. And I'll go ahead and tell you it's a number and it's a thing. So you need to it's he stole so many somethings from a home in North Egan. Uh, I'm going to say he stole, I don't know, 60 collector's coins. Okay, that is <laughs> – I like that. No, Mandy, he stole 20, so you were close, racing, pen, racing pigeons. Did you know racing pigeons were a thing? Wait a minute. Actual live birds? Live birds. 20 oh. racing pigeons, and they're worth about 50 bucks a pop. So he got a thousand. How do you measure? How do you measure the winner of flying birds? Oh my gosh. Isn't that great? <laughs> I love that headline. I love that. Okay. All right. Here we go. So my next one is not really a headline, but it's just a little blurb. So it's not very long. So here we are. Police said certain berries in Gilbert, Minnesota, fermented earlier than usual due to an early frost, thus causing the blank population to appear a bit more tipsy than normal. Um, Real Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all the Real, Real Housewives, housewives just going around eating, <laughs> yeah, eating fermented berries. Yes, I I would love to see it that, but no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so birds. So imagine all these drunk birds because they're the berries have fermented oh. due to this early frost and the birds go around eating the berries and I guess they get tipsy and I just feel like I need to know what a drunk bird behaves like. I so know what they do. Anyone they're who racing pigeons in Minnesota, and they yeah. <laughs> take off. That's what they do. That's what they do. Yeah. So if you live in Minnesota and you've ever seen any of these drunk birds, let me know. what. How do they behave? I need to know. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. This is not... Um, <laughs> I don't know why I even thought this one was interesting, but here we go. And I'm going to end on my best one. Okay. A blank worker. So I have two blanks, actually. A blank worker called police to report that a woman had stolen approximately 100 bottles of blank. This one's not very exciting. Hand sanitizer. Oh, that would have been a good one. No, a Walgreens <laughs> worker, and they stole 100 bottles of nail polish. Can you imagine? How do you even hide oh 100 gosh. bottles of nail polish? Why do you need that many? I have like the same favorite Me colors too. I've had since I was 18 and I've never veered off. Every time I run out of one, I'm like, I have to find one that's exactly a match right? to this or I will not be happy. I have like a summer <laughs> color and a fall color and that's all I got. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. So I have two more. So I'll do this one first and I will save my, it's not my best, but I'll save my better one of the two for okay. the last one. Okay. So overzealous application of blank leads to arrest for car theft overzealous application of blank oh wait you know what i might have even seen this one was this windex yes. yeah that was crazy 
<laughs> I didn't read the article, but I'm assuming it was because I think it was because the guy was out there just like constantly yeah. washing the windows and somebody was like, this is really odd. Like, so they called and it turned out that it was a stolen. Yeah, car. like a little. That's a little too clean. No one. Yeah. No one will ever <laughs> accuse me of stealing my vehicle. I'm in the I'm in the. Clear. Right. <laughs> OK, so my last one is a St. Paul man who claimed to be married to blank was asked to leave Knollwood Mall after threatening to hit customers in blank. So the first blank is a person, the second blank is a place. A St. Paul man Okay, let's hear it a again. A St. Paul man who claimed to be married to blank was asked to leave Knollwood Mall after threatening to hit customers in blank. First one's a person, second one's a place. Okay. Um Katy Perry. Dang it, you know this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the I don't know the other thing though. He was assaulting people. Yeah, he was threatening to hit people something? in a TJ Maxx. Um with Oh, this is not a game of clue. I have no idea what he picked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't know. Oh, I thought it was a fill in the blank. I oh, it was. So my fill in the blank was Katy Perry and the second oh. one was uh TJ Maxx. I just, oh, yeah. I love the idea of Katy Perry's husband, Orlando Bloom, being in a TJ Maxx beating, Max beating people up. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I am. Um, I did see that one too. So that was kind see, of See, Minnesota. Good. This was, was a tough one. That was me cheating. <laughs> yes, it was. Okay. So here is my last okay. one. This is very Florida man-esque, um, but it did not happen in Florida. It happened in Minnesota. Can't so wait. Here we go. After his credit card was declined, a man jumped over the railing of the Wild Bill's patio and while being held on the ground, yelled blank. (laughs) I hope it was Kung Fu Panda, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't it. It's after his credit card has been declined and he yelled, I'm rich, you're poor. (laughs) That could also be on The Real Housewives. I thought of that too. I was like, I could just see this scene playing out on like some kind of yeah. TV program. Um, but yeah, so he, his card was declined. He jumped over the railing and started screaming, I'm rich, you're poor, which. That's quite a threat yeah. to make while your stuff is declined. <laughs> That's <laughs> maybe rethink your situation, sir. Yeah. It sounds like um, something you would see on some kind of satirical television Oh, no, show, it would but. be on a real one called Real Housewives of New York, and Kelly Ben Simone did something like that before, so I'll leave it at that. Perfect. I will let you leave it at that. <laughs> you don't want to keep talking about Real Housewives of New York, Mandy? It's so weird. No, I'm good to go. All right, guys, uh, so that was the episode for this week. Just a reminder, we will not be here next week, but we will be back on October 6th. And I'm really excited about the episode that we're going to be coming back with. So we will see you then on October 6th. Have a great two weeks. All right, bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.